everyone. Thanks for joining us for another show of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere, as always. Texas trade deadline was nuts, man. It was. It was one of like the best days in like uh, trade deadline history. There was moves yes. made. There were there was so much going on. And I just want to say, Bobby, that I am feeling better today than I have in like two weeks. And I I don't know how long it's going to last, but I can say that I'm I'm psyched to do this podcast. I got awesome notes to take down. Everything. I'm ready to rock, dude. We're all really glad to hear that, man. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the fantasy impact of some of these trades today and answer some start-sit questions and give some bold predictions at the end of the show with today's guest, Dan Harris, featured rider for Fantasy Pros. So, Dan, you're top 10 in expert accuracy this season. So is it fair to say everything you say on the show this week is actually going to come true in real life? Yes. Actually, that's exactly oh. what it means. So you guys don't have to worry. <laughs> actually, my look, my ranking process is, is pretty elaborate. I, I write every name down of every player who's going to play that week. I cut it into little pieces. I throw it up in the air, and I just have my little kid like pick up pieces one at a time, and then I just rank them in that order, <laughs> and it works perfectly. So just go with whatever I say for sure. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> well done. If it works that way where whatever you say on the show is true, there's this cereal I used to love, Dan, and it's gone. I know this is a pretty big platform, so like I never take advantage of that to talk about politics because I know y'all don't care about what I have to say about that, but I will use it to cry out for anyone. If there's anyone out there listening who has the power to bring back frosted mini checks, you know, they've got frosted mini wheats, um, way too much wheat, gets soggy, not enough frosting. I want the frosted mini checks back. Every time I go to the grocery store, I look to see if somehow it got brought back. The other day, I was actually walking through the cereal aisle, and I heard some college kid telling his girlfriend that he does the same thing. I gave him a high five. Everyone wants it back. So if you're listening and you have the power, someone please make this happen. Wait a minute. You just said checks is good in the same sentence. Like, this is a garbage take, Bobby. This is just awful. There's a reason it's off the shelf, because checks is just, it's bad altogether. No, man. When you get on the frosted mini checks, you get extra frosting because the checks are so little. Just do frosted mini wheats then. No, I just talked about that, man. Too much wheat and it gets soggy. Shenanigans. Tags. Not, you're not paying attention, man. You're wrong about Shenanigans. this. Shenanigans. I, what do you, Dan, you're the tiebreaker. You're the one who's 100% right 60% of the time. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I do obviously have very strong opinions on cereal, um, since I probably haven't had a bowl in about 20 years. But uh, I've never heard of frosted mini checks. I'm not lying. Frosted mini wheats, of course. So I think, Bobby, you just kind of made this up. And I'm going to I'm going to go with it's never coming back because it was never real in the first Sweet. place. You're wrong. <laughs> OK, you guys want to talk about some football? Yeah, yeah. that's better. Let's go. <laughs> OK, so uh, but before we do, I want to tell you all we've got the fathead.com giveaway going on. We're drawing a name to give out a $100 fathead.com gift card. They're the site with the huge wall decals, and I'm eyeing this big Bush Stadium mural from my office. Just subscribe and review us on iTunes. Send us a screenshot to contest at fantasypros.com so you can get your hands on that $100 fathead gift card. Check out what fathead.com has for you and maybe for a loved one for a Christmas present. And when you do, we've got a promo code for you. If you use fantasypros at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Again, that's fantasypros, all one word, at checkout from fathead.com for 10% off. Okay, guys, I, I guess before we do start sit, we should probably talk about this trade deadline, right? I'm Jay Ajayi, this is the biggest piece moving. Dan, what's your take on this? Uh, well, I think I've fully recovered from the shock of it. Um, I honestly, in terms of value to Ajayi, I think overall, it's not really a big move one way or another. I mean, I think it's fair to say he's probably going to see less volume going over to Philadelphia because, you know, obviously LeGarrette Blunt's there still, and he's been really good this year. I mean, I never thought coming in that he would be somebody who'd contribute significantly, but he's been great. So I think his volume is probably going to be less than it was with the Dolphins, but his efficiency is going to obviously go up because he's got, uh, it's just a much better offense going on, but he also has to now deal with a bye week. So there are a lot of factors kind of going in. In the end, I did a trade chart that I do every week. It came out today. His value dropped a slight bit. And it was mainly just because he's got to go through another bye week. And now he's got to face the Broncos this week. So in the end, his value to me doesn't change all that much. Blunt drops a little bit. But again, I mean, he'll still he was seeing whatever 15 touches a game. I think for both of those guys, it remains relatively consistent, at least for me. 
I big time disagree with you, but Tags, let's hear what you have to say about it first. So yeah, I definitely agree with Dan, the fact that it's uh, it's a big hit to his volume. Uh, you know, if, if you go through and see what Jay Ajayi was getting in Miami, it was some rare air in terms of the the, the amount of touches he was getting. In, in four of the games this year, four of seven games, he totaled 23 or more carries. That just doesn't happen in today's NFL if you're not Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson. So to know that Jay Ajayi was struggling with that much, I know a lot of people out there are saying, well, Mike, his offensive line is bad and this and that the team is bad I understand that but if you're supposed to be this game-changing running back you will overcome some of those things in certain games remember last year when people were waiting for it with Todd Gurley just waiting 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 and it never really happened it kind of feels like that with Jay Ajayi this year even though he's getting the volume now going over to Philly Doug Peterson ever since he's come there there have been just two two times where a running back has seen 20 carries both of them were Ryan Matthews and he only I, I want to say the highest was 22 times there have only been there's only been one running back to ever play more than 60% of the snaps. And in both the, all those scenarios that happened, it was Darren Sproles, somebody who obviously can be on the field for all three downs. Jay Ajayi is not known to be a passing down specialist. LeGarrette Blunt isn't going to go away as much as people think. Jay Ajayi, his efficiency is going to get better. He should have more scoring opportunities. But I also think people are overlooking Jason Peters and the fact that they lost a Pro Bowl left tackle who contributed in both the run and pass game. I think this offense is just going to slowly trend down a little bit. They were already due for some regression. So Jay Ajayi, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's like garbage or anything like that. You don't want to play him this week, but I I, kind of have him in that high end RB2 conversation. So guys, I think right now you could trade Jay Ajayi. A lot of people are really excited about this move for him, thinking, man, he's going to a much better offense, incredible offensive line. He's going to dominate. He's going to get 20 plus carries. I think you can trade him as a top 10 running back. I do not have him as a top 24 running back for the rest of the season. Here's why. He's number 28 right now. He's already number 28, and he's going to get his carries cut in half. The Eagles already came out and said he's not even the starter. If he's not the starter for Philadelphia and they're splitting carries, you tell me he's going to get more than 12 carries a game? I thought they said he was going to start. I thought that he they said that LeGarrette Blunt's not going away, but that Ajayi is going to come in and, and start right away. I thought that's what they said. Am I wrong, Dan? Did you hear the same thing? I actually have heard kind of mixed messages about it. I think originally they sort of came in and I think originally they said that LeGarrette Blunt is going to remain the starter and that Ajayi would, would sort of mix in. But then I think Peterson walked that back. I think okay. the one thing regardless that I would I would take issue with there, Bobby, is that I, I don't know about you, Tags. I If I owned Ajayi, there's no way I would think that anybody values him in one of my leagues as a top 10 back at this point after that trade, especially, okay. you know, I really, I think his value was already slipping. I think people were cognizant of it. I mean, tag, do you said it yourself? He hasn't scored a touchdown this year, right? I'm not making that up, mm-hmm. right? Nope. I don't think so. Right. So he's really kind of just as much as people were willing to wait for him, wait for him, wait for him. I think he had certainly kept falling throughout the year. And with this trade, I don't think anybody's going to give you that sort of value. So, I, I mean, maybe if you can for sure do it, um, but I think Tags and I are kind of in the same mix where, you know, he, uh, for me, honestly, uh, you know, the next two weeks now, Denver and then a bye where he was past his bye week. That's a big deal when you're talking about, I don't know, how many weeks do we have left until the playoffs? Five weeks or something like that. That's a big hit to his value. So, again, for me, I, I, his trade value essentially stayed the same. I probably dropped him a couple of spots on my rest of season rankings. But overall, I, I don't think it moves the needle that much for him one way or the other personally. Hey, by the way, here's some running backs with more fantasy points so far this season. Frank Gore, Buck Allen, Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell, James White, Dalvin Cook with four games, and Aaron Jones with two starts. That's incredible. It is quite incredible. And that's the thing is that's why I'm saying it like people that are are jumping forward and saying that Jay Ajayi is one of the best runners in football. And now that he's on a good team, he's going to do well. Uh, elite running backs, they get it done behind mediocre offensive lines. I mean, Adrian Peterson for his entire career played behind a bad offensive line. Uh, Barry Sanders going back to his days. Those are great running backs. Like, like Jay Ajayi, is, he's a guy. I'm not saying that he's not above average, but I mean, when a guy falls as far as he did in the draft, there's obviously concerns about him. I, I know a lot of it's medical, but at the same time, trading him away for a fourth round pick doesn't show a confidence in a team that's had him under their control, that he ran for three 200-yard games last year that propped up his numbers to 
to what they were. I just uh, I just think people are overreacting. I think he's a little bit of an upgrade over Legarrette Blunt, but Legarrette Blunt, let's not pretend like he was a, a an every week start You're either. Right. So I, I I just feel like this is a massive timeshare. Uh, and don't forget that Wendell Smallwood is someone that they used a I think it was a fifth round pick on. So that's not much of a difference than what they just paid for Jay Ajayi. So I'm just I'm not quick to pull the trigger. And I I think that there's somewhere in the middle of the line where you know some people think and Dan by the way some people do think top 10 really? some people have been saying that I, I've, I've been seeing yeah I've been seeing people trade him for guys like Doug Baldwin um, yeah. and if you if you can go out there and trade him and get top 10 value in return I'm aboard that I think that, I think he's somewhere in the middle there uh, where it's like that like I said that RB2 is I think he's going to fall in that category yeah I think that I think that that's fair by the way and if, if people are valuing him like that a hundred percent you you take a deal if you can get at top 10 value for him I do want to say one thing because I did see a tweet um, from Nathan Jonke or however from Pro Football Focus. Yankee. Right, yeah. Nathan Yankee. Yeah. yeah, the other day. Um, and it was that uh, Ajay has averaged 3.2 yards after contact per carry over the course of his career, which is the best for backs with 200 plus carries over the last 12 years. So while I do agree that, you know, if you're a back with a bad offensive line, for the most part, you should be able to succeed. But I mean, the guy is just getting crushed. You know what I mean? And he's doing what he can. So I do still think that he will be much more efficient when he gets to the Eagles. It's a much better offense. He'll have much more room to run. But still, again, the bottom line is it's a split. You know, LeGarrette Blunt is not going away, as we've now said many times. So I, I do think overall, it's pretty much, especially again, with the bye week, pretty much a net even with his value and for me that's certainly not outside of rb1 range that's a good stat man that's a really good stat uh yeah, i wish i came brief- up with it but <laughs> <laughs> let's talk briefly about jimmy garoppolo uh I, a lot of people have been asking me like hey should i go pick him up now before he's the starter i don't think this changes one thing for him uh i don't think it changes anything for carlos hyde i don't think it changes anything for pierre garcon it's just Kind of the same old thing. He's going to get the job in probably week 12 or week 13 and just be mediocre because he doesn't know the playbook. Yeah, Matt Ryan's someone that talked about in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He said he struggled for the first year that it took him time to learn the playbook, and it's going to be the same thing. You know, uh, Shanahan actually came out and already said we're not rushing him into anything. You know, we we know that this is a long term plan. So they have their bye week coming up in week eleven, I want to say. So I'm guessing he's going to be on the bench at least until after that, until after their bye week. So yeah, no, I don't think he's an option uh, in season long leagues, and their offense is just it's not very good right now. And I think they understand that, and they may take the rest of this year to take to just watch and see what they have with CJ Beathard because I don't think they I don't think they need to play Garoppolo this year yeah I agree with that and even if they do play him this year I I can't imagine they get him in there before Joe Staley comes back right you you don't want to get him behind sort (laughs) of a poor offensive line so that'll at least be a few weeks so I I agree doesn't really move the needle I I think he'll start at some point you know because I think they'll just want to at least let him get his feet wet um but for this year yeah I don't I don't really think it moves the needle on on any 49ers offensive player for me. You know, I'm usually not too fond of wide receivers moving to a new offense, but with Kelvin Benjamin going to Buffalo, where like Nick O'Leary is getting seven targets a game. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, he doesn't need to know a playbook. He looks like someone out of Lord of the Rings. He's humongous. Just put him in the back of the end zone, triple team him and throw the ball up 10 times. You'll be better off than the Buffalo passing offense already was. So I think Benjamin takes a uh, a big jump up and I think Funches takes a big jump up. And I like Curtis Samuel. I mean, I know you've got uh, Shepard or whatever his name is in, in there ahead of Samuel, but Samuel's a big play guy. I think he's someone to watch for Carolina as well. They talk. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you on the Kelvin Benjamin front. And the reason I, I am is because Tyrod Taylor is like the opposite of Cam Newton. So NFL's next gen stats is uh, Matt Harmon heads that up for them. And he's done a great job highlighting some of the things that have happened. Cam Newton over the last couple of years has been a quarterback who's thrown into tight coverage more often than any other quarterback in the NFL. I, I think when you watch Cam Newton, you could see that Tyrod Taylor is the exact opposite. He's unwilling to throw the ball into tight coverage. And that's why you see him only two interceptions this year. You go back to the last two years just six interceptions in each season because he's not the risk taker he's going to wait until a guy's open Kelvin Benjamin doesn't necessarily get a lot of separation they're throwing the ball just 28 times Charles Clay is going to be back soon Jordan Matthews don't forget this is a guy that they traded for before the season and Jordan Matthews has yet to see more than five targets in a game I I know that they're going to move Benjamin into Zay Jones's uh the ex receiver role there and so, I mean, I'm going to predict Benjamin on average, I would say he's probably going to see somewhere around six, maybe seven targets a game. I'm not gaga over him. I actually think this this should make him a little more consistent, I think, in his fantasy play. But I don't think he has as high of a ceiling, whereas Devin Funches, 
I don't think much changes there either. He already led the team in targets. He had seven more targets than Kellen Benjamin. I think this is all about Curtis Samuel, and I think you hit that one. Russell Shepard is a guy. He's just yeah. a guy. That's all he is. Apparently, the Panthers have said that Curtis Samuel is the reason they were okay with making this move because they want to get him more playing time. Now, the question is, can Cam Newton utilize this option? Because Curtis Samuel used to be a running back. He's like that hybrid. He's kind of like that Christian McCaffrey type player, but with more a little more speed. So... I'm curious to see how this works with Cam Newton. I think the team went in wrong directions this entire offseason, and it's showing in Cam Newton's play. So I'm not loving the move for Kelvin Benjamin. I I, I don't know if it really helps Devin Funches very much because he's going to see top-tier cornerbacks most of the time. His his targets were already high. I think that Curtis Samuel is the one that you should maybe snag in deeper leagues and just see kind of what happens. They yeah, traded I, Sammy Watkins and got Kelvin Benjamin. This is just ridiculous. What are they doing? By the way, that, yeah, that Sammy know. Watkins, I think when you want to sum up how I feel about what happens to Kelvin Benjamin's value, the answer is Sammy Watkins. And by that, what I mean is Look, he still, you can still see him. I love Sammy Watkins, right? I'm really disappointed with the season, but you can still see even now, even before the bye week, there were certain plays where Watkins would run and he either looked like he didn't know the play or he clearly ran the wrong route. Route. Sorry, Mike, I'll say I'll say route so you don't yell at me anymore. <laughs> um, and he ran the wrong route. Um, but anyway, so even then, because it's hard, man, it's hard as a wide receiver to get traded even in the preseason. And Watkins is still sort of learning. I think Benjamin's getting traded right before week nine. I mean, to come over and just say, hey, buddy, here's an entirely new playbook. Go learn it. Now I get it. He's a big physical guy. He can afford probably to not have every sort of play down immediately and stuff like that. But for me, not significantly, not crazy. He's probably not going to play this weekend on Thursday because I have a game on Thursday. So he probably loses a game there. But I I dropped him a little bit in my rest of season rankings because I do think that this kind of hurts him basically because he has to learn the playbook. I'm totally on board with what Tag said about Funches. I really don't think this moves the needle at all. If anything, it might even hurt him because he has to see probably the number one cornerback going forward but either way I don't think it changes his value much but for me Benjamin he actually dropped a little bit mainly because I think I, I can't remember an example of a wide receiver getting a major wide receiver getting traded like this in the middle of the season and just picking up an entirely new playbook overnight you know yeah guys we've got two more trades to talk about but first let's pause to talk about the sponsor of today's show SeatGeek.com A lot of you are going to be surprised to hear this, but I actually think hockey games are the most fun sporting event to attend, Uh, but they're also pretty expensive. So I've been scouring every day on SeatGeek.com to make sure I don't miss out on a deal. And SeatGeek makes it really easy for you because they put value on all the seats. It's color coded. You can zoom into the exact seats and see how it lines up compared to all your other options. And buying a ticket, uh, it can be complicated, but SeatGeek, it's just simple. It's the smartest way to buy. The mobile experience is Every bit as great as online. Make SeatGeek your go-to site. I'm certain you won't regret it. I haven't either. I haven't visited any of those other sites since I found SeatGeek. And we've got a deal for our listeners. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase if you download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASYPROS. Again, that's promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So Marcel Darius was dealt to the Jags and Dwayne Brown to the Seahawks. What I'm wondering is... Is there any quarterback that you guys would play against the Jags? Like even Tom Brady. In regards to Dwayne Brown, he's a really good tackle that used to play for the Texans. Now he's going to the Seahawks where they needed offensive line help. So does this interest you in their backfield whatsoever? For me, it it certainly doesn't hurt the Seattle, you know, offense. But I mean, I don't think anybody is going to be relying on any Seattle back. As of right now, no matter who Mm -hmm. they put, you know, there, it's just a disaster. Helps Wilson a lot, yeah. It helps Wilson, although Wilson, frankly, when he has to go crazy and run away from defensive linemen, his scrambling ability seems to open up, obviously, plays. But regardless, I do think it helps a little bit. I'm still not excited about Thomas Rawls or Eddie Glacey or anybody in that backfield. So for that, number one, for uh, against the Jaguars, I mean, yes, obviously, I'd, I'd start Deshaun Watson. That's for sure. I'd start him against anybody. But uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson got crushed by the Jaguars, man. Man, that was before he really figured out the NFL game, man. Now he's got it. It's like it's like a video game. Oh, for me, no. Deshaun Watson, my number one, I don't know about you guys. I'm a number one quarterback going forward without question. And I, I put wow. that I set I did my rest of season rankings. We all do it on Monday. That was that was the easiest decision for me. I'm I'm never doubting him again, at least for this season. Um anyway, <laughs> for the most part, i I'd start probably the elite guys. But yeah, that is a horrific matchup for quarterbacks. And I hope 
fantasy owners realize that at this point. I mean, if there's anyone remotely borderline, you have to sit them against the Jaguars. It's ridiculous. It's better than the Seahawks a couple of years ago, right? I think so. I don't know what it exactly comes down to, but the, the how many points they're allowing per game? It, seven per game seven. to quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I got a fun fun fact for you guys. So the Jaguars have um, they have yet to allow a top eighteen quarterback in any week. Uh, there's no other t- there, there's no there's no other team that's done that uh, two like even two times. And then they have allowed just two top thirty six wide receivers. And those two wide receivers who finished top thirty six were Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, who both saw more than fifteen targets. Like that's incredible. This defense is lights out. Like you don't play players against them uh, unless you know they're going to get double digit targets. And AJ Green is in that conversation this week where it's like, man, how do you feel about AJ Green and Andy yeah, Dalton? You play him, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one. Right. You don't you do not play Andy Dalton. That's a for sure. Like you don't do that this week. OK, guys, let's uh, we're doing something new. We've got start of the week and sit of the week. And these are going to be non-obvious plays. So it's not like, hey, we're starting Le'Veon Bell. You guys should do it, too. Um, so I'll start us off just to give an idea of what this segment looks like. My start of the week at running back is Andre Ellington. I know that most people see him outside the top 40 running backs, but he should be healthy this week. In his last two healthy games, 18 receptions. And now they get the 49ers, who are by far the worst team in the league against pass-catching running backs. I don't understand why he's not more highly regarded this week than Chris Ivory or uh, or Jalen Richard. It doesn't make sense to me, guys. Eh. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I get it. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, where does he? Where is he in ECR? Bobby 46 he's like down at like 47 yeah, I'll be honest I have him 49th I, I mean I, okay. I'm just I'm, I I get it I get it I'm just not going near that offense at this point other than Peterson you know uh for this matchup but for me I don't know it's just not consistent enough I'm I'm staying away I think Andre Ellington's going to be better than people think in certain situations I don't know if this is one of those games because Arizona shouldn't need to pass the ball a whole lot with Drew Stanton under center I think they're going to try and run Peterson a ton uh, he should see a lot of volume but Ellington in games that we're projecting the Cardinals to lose I think Ellington's going to be a smart play I think he's actually going to be pretty solid and better than people think I just don't think this is the week to do it um, one of the players that I would go with one of my starts of the week would be uh, Buck Allen really no nobody wants to play him mm-hmm. right now yeah well a lot of people are going to be loving and Alex Collins. I think Collins showed up at number 16 in ECR. I think that's that's lunacy. Um, Alex Collins has been running the ball extremely well, but he only has two receptions on the year. And looking at Tennessee, people underestimate this run defense all the time. They've allowed just one running back to finish as an RB1 this year. Uh, and the only one who did was Lamar Miller, who caught 56 yards in a touchdown. Uh, even Leonard Fournette struggled. He had 40 yards in a touchdown against this defense. Right. Like no starting running back since was the start of week two has averaged more than 3. Uh, 3.9 yards per carry against them. Every running back who's getting something done is through the passing game. So Buck Allen, we know that he's the receiver there. Uh, so I think this is a week to actually play him. So would you Tennessee. say Alex Collins? I wouldn't. If I, I mean, honestly, I would prefer to start Buck Allen this week over Alex Collins. Wow. Okay. I've got them 15 spots apart, man. I know a lot of people, a lot of people do. And I don't think that I, I don't, I understand why, because, you know, obviously Alex Collins has earned more work going forward. He's been running the ball extremely well. It's just more about the game. I don't know. I just can't see Alex Collins getting more than maybe 12 carries this game and maybe, maybe 40, 45 yards. And if he's not catching any passes, he's really killing your fantasy team. I just think that Buck Allen comes with a higher floor, maybe not as high as ceiling because he's not going to get the goal line work or anything, but Tennessee, I think they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns all year. So again, this is, it's just not a very good matchup uh, for Alex Collins. I think it's more about not liking Alex Collins as much as it is liking Buck Allen. Collins doesn't even need 12 carries. In the last three games that he didn't get 12 carries, he had over 80 yards twice. Well, the uh, Tennessee has yet to allow a running back to top 76 yards on the ground. Okay, yeah, you win. Um, I I mean, I've got Collins at 21. I've got him substantially lower than ECR, um, but I just like him so much more than Buck I kind of split the baby with you guys, by the way. So I, I have Collins around where he is at ECR. Okay. I have him 16th or 17th. I, I love Collins. I, I I was much higher on him last week, luckily, than than ECR. Because, I I mean, I've watched him a lot because I have an unfortunate high amount of shares of the Baltimore offense and a couple of teams. But he's been great all year. He's just been great. And he just has not gotten the work. So it was great to see what he could do. I agree, though. 
um, about Buck Allen. I have him significantly higher than ECR this year. And again, I, I agree because they can be beat sort of through the air. And that that's kind of what you need to do. I do think Collins, frankly, I think right, the way he's running right now, I, I'm not all that scared off of, of any matchup, frankly. So I feel pretty good about him. But I agree with Tags that I feel pretty good about Buck Allen. He was definitely in my conversation as one of the guys. So I, I agree that I am much higher. I, I wouldn't start him over Collins or anything, but I have him higher than ECR. And I, I should clarify, and Bobby, I should, I should clarify too, that when I, when I usually talk about starts it, I'm, I'm usually referring to PPR leagues. A lot of my followers seem to play in PPR and it's what I have. I tend to default okay. to. If you're in a standard league, I probably have Collins just a smidge higher, but when I'm but in PPR, I, I guess I'll say Buck Allen. Okay. Yeah, P- PPR. I think Allen is right on his tail, yeah. man. I don't have them that yeah. far apart in standard tags. Like, it's. I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, I probably am five or six spots. I'd, I do think it's a Buck Allen game for sure because mm-hmm. of basically all the stats that you mentioned. I had Buck Allen as a possible guy to list here, but for me, I'm going to go with guy. And again, it's it's really much more of a of a gut feeling, but. Kenyon Drake. I, I kind of think now, obviously, yes. with, this, with this being open, yeah, I mean, man. Gates today came out and he was very complimentary of Damian Williams, but uh, you know who knows what that means. This regime drafted Drake, right? I mean, that's what it is. This is this is their guy. This is the guy that they that they drafted. I think they. I, I mean, from what I can tell, beat writer sort of speculation that it's going to be Drake pretty much being the primary guy and sort of Williams kind of being the the buck out in the third down role sort of thing. The Raiders are certainly beatable on the ground. They allow more than four yards per carry. I can see, I don't think they want Jay Cutler throwing it when they get near the goal line. You know what I mean? I think they're going to try to sort of, or ever, ever. right? If they, if they're smart. Um, And so I think Drake is going to have a big game here. So for me, I'm right. I mean, his ECR probably is not representative of what it will be as we get closer to game time. Cause I think a lot of people put it in before the trade, but I do have him significantly higher than ECR right now. And he's a guy who I really like to have a big game here. How high do you have him? Because I have him all the way up at 19. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to re uh, rewrite. No, I, no, I have him at 20 right now. I have him at 20 okay. right now. So, I mean, we're right around the same thing. And again, I, you know, for me, guys, I don't know about you. When I do my rankings, like I, I sort of try to come up with my initial rankings, but I tweak them a lot as we go through the week, right? Of course. As, as more information comes out right as we get. So I don't know where he'll end up. But right now I have him at 20, which last I checked is 13 spots higher than ECR. Again, that's probably not representative of where it will be. But for now, I've got him. Yeah, I've got him 20 firmly in number two back. And I, I feel pretty good about him going forward, honestly. I have him at 19 right now. He was actually my second player on my start of the week. I would have said Buck Allen and Kenyon cool. Drake if we had two of them. So I definitely agree with you. So I'm lowest on him then. My bad, guys, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the low, I'm the low guy on Kenyon Drake. Uh, did, would you guys start Damian Williams? Like even in the flex? With bye weeks here, it's it's, it's definitely a, a... I think it's in PPR leagues. Like this is where we need to specify. In standard leagues, I don't think you'd want to play Damian Williams. Uh, but with bye weeks here, it's not inconceivable that you'd play him because I have him right in that 30 to 35 range. Uh, so it's he's yeah. definitely like a flex type player, but it's not one I would get very excited about. He's on my radar. Like if you need to pick someone up to be in your flex, I think Damian Williams would c- cut it. I'd rather start him yeah. than uh, Thomas Rawls or Eddie Lacy or Chris Ivory. Theoretic, even in PPR. So, well, let me get this trait. Okay, so tags. Andre Ellington's going to get five, six, seven receptions again this week. And you still wouldn't start him in PPR? I don't think he's going to get five or six receptions this week. Again, I, I just don't see I don't see Drew Stanton throwing the ball more than maybe 25 times this week. And if he's doing that, Andre Ellington might see four targets. Uh, I just again, this is just not a week okay. where I, I don't think Arizona has to. I'm actually I'm really stoked if you if you can get Arizona's defense coming off of a bye week. I know they're on the road and they haven't really been great on the road, but Beathard just hasn't been good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll say it. Uh, this is an ugly, ugly, ugly situation. It's a divisional game. I just think Arizona's defense is going to show up. I know Carson Palmer is a lot better than Drew Stanton, but they played San Francisco already and Andre Ellington had nine receptions for over a hundred yards total. That was also when Chris Johnson was the running back. Um, <laughs> right. And he, and he, <laughs> okay. was, he, was, he was he was very bad at football. <laughs> yeah. And, and their offensive line was just destroyed with injuries. Yeah, they had a few injuries at that time. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I'm still starting Andre Ellington. I don't care what you say, Tags. <laughs> Let, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's go sit of the week here. And uh, mine's Jay Ajayi. I, I, it sounds mm-hmm. like Tags, you're going to say the same guy because you mentioned him earlier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to think this is ludicrous, but he's going to a new offense. I, I don't even know, is he going to get five, six carries this week going to the new offense? I bet they give him that. But 
five or six carries. Give me a break. I'm I'm not starting him against one of the best defenses in the league. Even if he gets 12 carries, I wouldn't want to start him. Um, Honestly, like running backs can do it. Like Adrian Peterson, we saw him earlier in the year get traded to the Cardinals. And that same week, he went off for like 150 yards and two touchdowns. Running backs can do it. It's like it's like Adam Gase talked about after the game when Miami lost. He's he started. I think that they were close to benching Jay Ajayi in Miami. I think that's why they traded him because he said he's like players need to do their damn jobs. He's like, it's not hard. We hand you the ball. You run behind your blockers. You go. You get downhill. Stop dancing around. Like he was like this. He didn't say Jay Ajayi, but it was like subtweeting him essentially. Uh, Jay Ajayi <laughs> has been playing like crap. He really has, and that's the thing. Going against Denver, Denver. Oh my! It's like ridiculous. I, I had to double check my numbers. Two point zero nine yards per carry on the season. No way! It is. They were so bad last year. Ridiculous. Well, th- against the run, they were not as good last year. Um, they were great back in 2015. Had a down year last year, but then this year they have been lights out. Like, like there's wow. been one running back, and it was uh, Orleans Darkwa that game that you know we kind of. But outside of that game, they have allowed they haven't allowed a single running back more than 54 yards, and they've played Melvin Gordon, they played Lashawn McCoy, they played uh, Kareem Hunt, they've played Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> Melvin Gordon again. So it's like you look at all these games they've played. They've played really really good opponents. You're talking about Ajayi going to a new team, playing behind an offensive line that is learning life without Jason Peters at left tackle. So yeah, I, Jay Ajayi. Honestly, I if you want to start him as a flex, I mean, whatever. But uh, I I just wouldn't expect like results this week unless he scores a touchdown, and that's what was he, he your sit of the week two tags? Uh, he's he's uh one of my busts of the week. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and he was certainly on my list as well. I've got him right now as a borderline flex. I kind of want to hear a little bit more about what he's going to be getting this week. But either way, tags sort of obviously explained just how good that Broncos defense is against running back. So I'm certainly not going out of my way to start him. A guy who I'll mention who I'm not, I I looked at sort of my rankings versus ECR. I really wasn't appreciably lower on anybody other than Ajayi, frankly, than ECR. So a guy who I came up with who, again, I'm, I'm still probably starting, but I have him just outside the RB2 range this week where ECR has him in it is CJ Anderson. Yes. Look, he, he ran really well, I thought. Um, this past week. I, I really liked what he's doing. I have him in a lot. I was really high on him coming into the season. I love the way he ran. He he was really solid. But you know what? They just do not seem committed to getting him the ball on a consistent basis. They they obviously want to work in Charles. And as we saw, he's apparently not going to be getting any goal line opportunities when they come, right? It's going to be Devontae Booker. So when you take out the touchdown Good point. opportunity, and then you're just basically splitting carries with with two other guys, it, it really kind of takes away. Again, I, I like Anderson. He's he's this week. He's fine. But I am outside the RB2 range barely this week when ordinarily you would think, especially with six teams on a bye days. And also Brock Osweiler apparently has been named the starter just before yep. we, uh, Better we, than Simeon. we got to. Yeah, I, I, it can't get any worse, frankly, although maybe it could, I guess. But uh, <laughs> it really, honestly, at this point, CJ Anderson, mainly because he's not going to get the goal line work and he's going to have to seed carries other guys. I'm outside RB2, not, not significantly lower than ECR, but but beyond the top 24 backs against a good front seven too. That's tough. I've got him number 23. I thought I was low on him, but yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't like CJ Anderson mm-hmm. much this week and they don't get as much rest. Right. I love the call. Um, it was actually my set of the week uh, for CJ Anderson. And uh, so, you know, Philadelphia, <laughs> they uh, outside, yeah. outside of Kareem Hunt, who uh, it took him a long run. I want to say it was like a 40 some yard run to get up to 81 yards against them outside of Kareem Hunt. They have yet to allow a running back to rush for more than 38 yards. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Really good. It's ridiculous. That's like stud. Guys, I've got uh, three other running backs that people have been asking me a lot about. Ty Montgomery. I, I know Aaron Jones has been really good and seems to have taken over this job, but I think Ty Montgomery is still going to have a sizable role and might just end up being the starter. So I'm willing to start Ty Montgomery and then Alfred Morris run DMC. What do you do here? Um, I mean, Zeke still has, I guess he's appealing the whatever. I don't know all the terms, <laughs> but he might actually play this week. It hasn't been decided, but um, if he doesn't play, would you guys start Alfred Morris or run DMC or both of them? I mean, I, I think I have them both. I'm just checking. Yeah, I've got them both as flex plays. I mean, Jerry, I've always I've always kind of bought into the idea as maybe dumb as it was that they were kind of keeping McFadden out because a he didn't compliment Zeke as well and b because they were guarding against injury in case Zeke wound up having to go out because I think McFadden in the past had done nothing to show them that he couldn't handle that role if yeah. he got put into it. But now Jerry Jones apparently said on his weekly spot that it's going to be Morris as the lead guy, but yes. they're going to work in McFadden and Rod Smith, by the way. So yep, really, frankly, I I think overall 
the bottom line is I, I don't own any of them in any <laughs> leagues, and I'm happy not to own them in any leagues because I don't really want to go really? in. But, Frank, yeah, look. Alfred, I don't Moore, know Alfred they... Morris, if he gets 15 carries a game behind this offensive line, could be an RB1 the next six weeks. Well, first of all, the offensive line is not quite as dominant as it was last year. I, th- I right. still feel like we're, we're all like sort of living still in last year where you could put, you know, me behind that offensive line and be like, oh, all right, he's fine, you know, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's not quite as dominant anymore. Look, yeah. I agree. I mean, be, McFadden I was the number only- one running back. I know he wasn't really getting the touchdowns, but in terms of yards per game, he was the number one running back when he was behind that offensive line a couple of years ago. In the end, what I really think this is, is it becomes the Dak show, right? I mean, I think that Prescott has has looked so awesome this entire year. I think Elliott is great, obviously, and, you know, you can lean on him and stuff like that. But I think Prescott is ready to take over. And frankly, yeah. it could be one of these guys right now, but I just don't know which one. Uh, for for the week, I have Morris uh, about where he is in ECR, so I have him as a flex play. I've got McFadden up there probably a little higher because I do think he'll get passing downs work at the very least. But I, I don't know. I mean, you can start both in a pinch. You've got six teams on by this week, right? Yeah. You're, you're mm-hmm. desperate. You're, when, once I get to about 24 in my running back rankings, I, I start, you know, hiding my eyes. <laughs> But, you know, so I, you could start either one as a flex, but I am not excited about the situation right now because I don't know what they're going to do. And I think they're probably going to wind up splitting carries if they do, you know, have value. And I'm never going to know which one. So I'm kind of avoiding it. By the way, I don't have a horse in the race. And I know you. some people are going to hate me for this. Um, but I've got Dak Prescott way above Carson Wentz. I think that's a that's a smart take. I'm not talking about this week. I'm talking about for career. Like he is oh, yeah. the better guy to build around. I Everyone think Dak- thinks Carson Wentz is like this superstar. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I'm not saying Carson Wentz isn't good. Like, I actually think Carson Wentz happened to be really good. Um, I yeah. was I was one of the only people that was saying that I would draft him over Jared Goff. And I'm not I'm, this is literally I've been wrong a lot. I didn't think Deshaun Watson was going to be as the quarterback that he turned out to be. Um, so I'm, I've been wrong. But Carson Wentz, I do like I think he was someone that we all knew he had a high ceiling. We thought it would take some time to develop and he's developing a lot faster than most quarterbacks do. He, he's looked fantastic. But with that being said, Dak Prescott, like honest to God, you'd be it, I'd be hard pressed to find five quarterbacks I would take over him to start my franchise with, and he he has it all. He's got the whole package. Carson Wentz is in the top ten, um, but Dak is he's phenomenal. I I don't yeah he, this week the rest of the season whatever like Dak Prescott's the guy, but would you rather both of you guys Ty Montgomery or Darren McFadden? What if you had a choice between both? Ty Montgomery. This, I think bigger this ceiling week. this week. Yeah. This week, all right. Uh, I have McFadden a couple spots ahead, so I go with him. Look, I don't, I don't really buy the the Montgomery thing here. I mean, what Jones has done nothing to show that he is anything other than like that true number one back, and I think they're going to rely on the classic running game so that Brett Hundley doesn't have to throw the ball all that much because that's pretty much a disaster. So I, I really think Jones is going to do it, and you know Montgomery falls outside kind of the the flex range for me. He had 15 fantasy points, 23 fantasy points in his first two games. Then he went up against Cincinnati. And then he got hurt. So um, I don't know. I, I think he got that Wally he's, pipped, man. He yeah, got I think Wally he's pipped. recovered from uh-huh. this injury. And I think he's going to get 10 plus carries uh, against Detroit coming off the bye. Well, I, I mean, it, he could. Uh, but for me, Jones has been awesome. And yeah, I, I don't think been. there's any reason really necessarily to, to go back to Ty Montgomery. I mean, I think Montgomery will But get maybe touches. Montgomery would have been awesome if their offensive line would have been healthy while he was playing. Now that it's healthy, but, of course, Aaron Jones is really good. I, the, the what? Frankly, the, the whys don't matter at this point. I mean, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. the reason was, in the end, Jones was there when the opportunity presented itself. And whether it was because the offensive line got healthy or because he's better, he took that job and he ran with it. So for me, I, I think it's going to take an Aaron Jones injury for Montgomery to have any value. I could be wrong, obviously, but I, I think it, it would take a Montgomery injury, a, a Jones injury for Montgomery to have real value. All right, Dan, we're going wide receiver now, and I'll let you go first here. Who's your start of the week? All right. My start of the week is, uh, you know, this isn't that exciting, frankly, and I feel it's really bad, but it, it's, <laughs> it's Tyler Lockett. Um, I mean, I, I, I've liked his volume lately, right? And look, the Redskins are, are tough on opposing wide receivers, and they're getting back to full strength in their secondary, obviously, with Josh Norman and Breland. But, you know, I, I think that the thing about Lockett is not only is he now beginning to see the consistent targets that kind of we've been missing, he lines up in the slot, you know, around half the time, obviously, Baldwin, too. And so I don't know really if he'll get Breland or Norman all that much. I think you might get Kendall Fuller instead. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think that he can really sort of exploit. So, um, you know, I don't, Love, love Tyler Lockett, but in the end, he's one of the few guys who I have significantly higher than ECR. So I, I feel pretty good about him this week, and he's definitely a guy who's going to be kind of in my DFS lineups and stuff because I could see a big game. 
Tags, why don't you go next here? All right. So my start of the week is, um, it's going to surprise you, Bobby, but it's Sammy Watkins. Me too. Um, yeah. Not a surprise. <laughs> no, I have so many people in my mentions, and it was it goes back to the Arizona game that they played where people were saying, Mike, how do you know that Patrick Peterson is going to shadow Sammy Watkins? Why do you think it wouldn't be Robert Woods? I'm like, because he covers the better receiver. That's basically what it comes down to. And people were talking about this week, like Janoris Jenkins, like, who's he going to cover? It was always going to be Sammy Watkins. But now they've completely lost this team, by the way. Like, I don't know how McAdoo still has a job. I, I don't know what's happened because now three cornerbacks have, have been suspended. Um, and this one, this time it's Janoris Jenkins. He's their top cornerback. He's literally the shutdown one. The only one that they've been able to rely on to stop perimeter wide receivers. He legitimately is one of the top five cornerbacks in shadowing in the NFL. He's a star. Being the... Being that he's suspended, Sammy Watkins gets vaulted into this this weird this like honestly I he's a must play. He, you have to put him in your Ooh. lineup. Uh, I I actually think that he's going to be a top fifteen wide receiver this week. Whoa. I think that's one of my bold takes of the week. Uh, is that Sammy Watkins? I I want to say so. This is a, a Rams team that traded away a second round pick in order to get Watkins. Okay, I know there were other players involved, but this was the main cog in the thing. He has the rest of the season to make him happy. Otherwise, you're going to lose this player that you traded a second round pick for Sammy Watkins. They they, they had to have spent the bye week figuring out ways to get him the ball. Now that they know Janoris Jenkins is out, it's going to be a lot easier to do that. Uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie was one that was suspended uh, just a couple weeks ago. He came back before their bye and he got toasted. They actually benched him after he played 16 snaps. So now Eli Apple, like uh, Eli Apple has been bad at football. This giants team is in, is in complete and utter hell. Um, Sammy Watkins should have one of the best games of, of the year for him. Love it, man. I have him at number 21, which is 17 spots higher than ECR. So yeah, I agree. Must start 15, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, the last time Sammy Watkins went nuts, which is the only time Sammy Watkins went nuts. I had him ranked. I thought higher than anybody. It turns out tags had him ranked higher. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is, uh, he's still very talented. Yeah. We did the same thing with Amari Cooper, by the way, when he was about to break out. So maybe this is a sign of a really big game here. Dan, let me ask you this. Take away the quarterback, take away the offensive line, the offense, you know, moving to a new offense. In terms of being the most talented wide receivers, is Sammy Watkins a top 10 guy in the NFL? He is borderline, if not in there. Uh, for me, I love Sammy Watkins and this season has ripped me apart because I was so in on him in the preseason. And I just, yeah. I, I he, it's not like he's playing, you know, tags, you always brought this up with Amari Cooper, right? Where yes, he was dropping, but it's not like he suddenly turned into a bad wide receiver. He was still getting open. You know what I mean? He was still sort of doing the things that make you a great wide receiver other than holding on to the ball as much as he should have. And that's sort of how I felt with Watkins this whole season, other than he's obviously still kind of learning the playbook, but he's so amazing. And that game against uh, the 49ers, right? When you were just watching it, I, you just, I just wanted to scream, why don't you just throw him the ball all the time and let him Every make plays? Time. You know what I mean? Every time he will make the plays. So for me, yeah, at physically, you know, in terms of talent, he's borderline top 10, if not in it. He's obviously, I, I, I just, I love the guy. I love those takes. I, I really hope they come true. Yeah. Um, but he, he's definitely a, a, a guy who I, I'm fond of. It sucks. I'm looking at his schedule. He's got Xavier Rhodes coming up, Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman. It just sucks, man. He's so good and we're not going to get to see it. Yeah, there's like two games after this one. So there was only supposed to be two games in the rest of his schedule that were going to be matchups to target. This turned into one. Um, yeah. When I heard that Janoris Jenkins was at, like suspended, I was like, oh, yes. And like the thing is, I know we have, we have the bet between me you with Sammy Watkins and Amari Cooper. Uh, you're that's, so far that's ahead fine. right now, man. You can you can root for Watkins. It doesn't matter. I'm not catching you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm rooting for talent here. I just want to see both of them do other both very talented wide receivers yeah okay dan so it's up to you for a sit of the week who are you sitting at wide receiver so the guy who i have way below where he is in ecr is Devonte adams um i mean look i i just do i mean i think he's 29th i have him like maybe 40th or or outside of I have top, him top 20 dude what what uh, let me ask you something what about what you saw from brett hunley <laughs> gives you any faith at all that Devontae Adams is going to be a top 20 wide receiver this week. Jordy Nelson's a top 15 wide receiver this week, and Devontae Adams is better. Every single team in the NFL has been treating Devontae Adams like he's their number one wide receiver and not Jordy Nelson. Well, the Vikings did, but I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen, now I don't know. That's the thing. I talked about it in the primer this week that, uh, by the way, I did do um, Darius Slay. Um, we don't know who he's going to shadow and that's, that's, that's difficult. And so it's difficult to rank Jordy or Devonte Adams high. Cause Slay has been really shutting down uh, number one receivers. He just did it to Antonio Brown 
on Monday night. So yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I think you have to pick your poison. You have to go Jordy or Devonte Adams. You can't say both of them are going to be wide receiver one or wide receiver twos. You know what you can say? Neither one of them will be wide receiver one. That's right? very <laughs> true. That's very and true. that's really basically where I'm at. I mean, you know, Jordy Jordy falls into for me a low end wide receiver two, but I'm I'm lower than ECR on him. Look again, I actually I was unfortunately probably ranked Hunley higher than most experts in that first start. I kind of you know he was in the system for several years. He looked competent in every single preseason game that he ever played. I was like, yeah, he knows the system. He'll be fine. He'll he'll give you some value with his legs. He looked terrible. And the the uh, Lions defense is legitimate. You know what I mean? Slay is the only true shutdown corner, but it's a legitimate defense. I don't want any part of that offense outside of Aaron Jones, honestly, at, at all. The, right now or rest of season for me, I'm staying far away. You're not just going to credit the dominant Saints defense? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, the Saints defense, you know, you you joke, but the Saints defense is good. Some, I, I mean, this is I picked them to go to, to the me, Super right? Bowl, man. I trust this defense. It's real. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really not bad at all. But no, I, I'm going to put that more on, you know, I think if you throw for 87 yards, which I think that was Hundley's <laughs> total, I think it's probably beyond just the, wow, it's a stout defense. All right. So so I'm off. I'm off all uh, Packers wide receivers. But you know we're going to hear about it. It's the it's the Monday night game. We're going to hear nothing about, about like Brett Hundley and how he's like a Cinderella story and how he's getting his opportunity and oh god, it's going to be drilled into our brains. Oh, and then that and then that Martellus Bennett is retiring. This is his final season. Like right. that was a weird time to announce that yeah. he's not going to play. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I'm retiring. I th- I thought he meant like this week. <laughs> That would have made more sense. I mean, he needs to have a, he needs to score a touchdown before he does that, though. Yeah. Okay. So, tags. Who's your sit of the week? Uh, it's Alshon Jeffrey, and um, you know, I've I, I've been going to bat for Jeffrey the last couple weeks in really really good matchups, and he's lucky he scored a touchdown last week because um, he has now finished with fewer than 40 yards in four of his eight games, despite Carson Wentz having the season that he is, and that's really remarkable. They haven't really had uh, Jeffrey hasn't done anything with the targets he's been getting. That's basically what it comes down to. He's never been a number one receiver. I said this when he left Chicago is that he really benefited from having Brandon Marshall on the field. He doesn't really have that. Uh, Torrey Smith wasn't working out. Now they're starting to play Mac Hollins. I know Nelson Aguilar is coming out a little bit, but Alshon Jeffrey is just not your prototypical number one. I, I, I've i seen a lot of Alshon Jeffrey, so I know there's a lot of people that are going to come at me and saying, oh, you wish the Bears had him. I do. It'd be <laughs> nice to have him because he at least can catch a football sometimes. Um, he's a startable wide receiver in the NFL, but he's not. A, a, an elite number one. He's not a Julio Jones. He's not those guys. Um, going against Denver, Denver is, they're legit. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, he's going to see Aqib Tlaib an awful lot. Again, this is a, a passing game that's without Jason Peters. I keep saying it. I, I was surprised that they didn't try and work out a trade for a left tackle if they're going for yeah. it this year because that was a massive loss, a massive blow. I just, I don't see... There, there aren't many ways the Eagles are going to be able to move the ball this week outside of Zach Ertz. So uh, Alshon Jeffrey is like, he's barely on the wide receiver three radar. For Can me. we just take a moment and give a huge round of applause to Alshon for staying healthy for an entire half a season? That's remarkable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I think the problem, honestly, for him is I'll, I'll be interested to know what you guys think, because obviously everybody kind of thought that he would take a long term deal coming into this offseason, right? And he took this one-year deal. And he's going to do the thing where he'll stay healthy, which will be great, but he's having a pretty down season. So, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting, interesting dichotomy there. Yeah, I've got him number 26 this week too, which is six spots lower than ECR. So I'm not excited about starting him, but I think he's a must start every week. He just gets too many targets. Yeah, I have him as a border, you know, a borderline wide receiver too. But it is something where I look at that Denver defense. I mean, Aguilar, I have, I have, uh, you know, he's he's pretty far down in UCR as well this yep. this week. But obviously, he, he's my set of the week. I've got Aguilar at number forty three. I would not even want to play him in the flex. I mean, I, I just don't understand. He's got five touchdowns, so everyone is magically excited about him. You know who else had a ton of touchdowns last year? Tyrell Williams, Brandon LaFell had a bunch of touchdowns, and Quan Bolden. Are they good? No. I wouldn't start them against the Broncos. I'm not starting Aguilar against the Broncos this week. Yeah, Aguilar is definitely a sit for me as well uh, against Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr. is so good. Like, he's legitimately the best slot cornerback in the game. It's not even close. Um, he, he allows, I think, it, right now, if you go over the last two years, he's allowed 4.5 yards per target. Not per reception, per target. Like, it's stupid. By the way, stupid. through the television, you could see the 
you know, the Broncos defense, like smoke coming out of their ears, right? With what was going on. We we're like, dude, we are completely dominating this game. Stop turning the ball over and stop giving them <laughs> field position right here. Like, give us a chance to do something because they were elite in the second half of that game. Ooh, man, they really came out and they just said, forget it. We are stopping everything. And just Trevor Simeon yep. was such a disaster. They, man, they were so yeah. angry. You could tell. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm going to give you five wide receivers. Pick one to start, one to sit. Okay, here they are. Jermaine Curse, he's no longer the main guy there for the Jets. Uh, Kenny Stills with Devontae Parker coming back. John Brown hasn't really been seen much lately. Corey Davis jumping right back into the offense. And Josh Doxing coming off his one-yard performance. So I'll let you go first. Who's your start out of these five, Dan? Uh, do I have to? I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm forced to start one of those guys, looking at my rankings, the guy I have highest is Curse, but I'm not excited about it. I think EJ Gaines is out this week. Uh, I think they've declared him out now. So obviously that, that kind of gives him a little bit of a boost. And uh, I, Curly is suspended for this game as well. So there aren't that many passing options. For the Jets, so I just I don't have him that high. You know what I mean? I really want to say Kenny Stills because I loved watching him against Baltimore. You know what I mean? And I think that that's sort of what Gase was talking about. He was just ripping balls away. You know what I mean? He's really talented, but with proper yeah. back, I can't go there. So for me, Curse, I have him slightly higher than the other guys that you mentioned, and I do think you know he he's sort of taken a downturn, and obviously Robbie Anderson has kind of emerged as the main guy. But I think this week he should do enough to kind of warrant being a. a Borderline flex play for me. Tags, you taking John Brown or Corey Davis, man? Uh, honestly, I, I would. I'd prefer not to play Davis coming off a multi-week absence in a, in a matchup with Baltimore, yeah, who has been like lights out against wide receivers. They've only allowed two top twenty-four receiver or one top twenty-four wide receiver all year, which is just phenomenal. That's hard to do. Um, so I, I'd rather sit Davis this week. I would play Brown or Stills. Uh, I, I want to say Brown just because San Francisco's secondary is so bad and they just tr- traded away one of their starting cornerbacks, Rashard Robinson, uh, to the Jets. And they weren't good to begin with. I'm not saying that Rashard Robinson was good. He was actually a cornerback to target in, in your matchups. But at the same time, if he was starting, what does that say about his backup? Yeah. So John Brown, should, all it takes is one play, right? And that's why I like, like him and Stills are the ones competing. And if you go with John Brown back to his rookie year in 2014 when Carson Palmer didn't really play a lot of games, Brown played with a lot of backups. He did total 700 yards and five touchdowns that year. So he didn't play horribly with backup quarterbacks. Again, I think John Brown can be better than he's than people think he is. I think he's a well-rounded receiver, but all it takes is one play. So it's either him or Stills. They're they're like right next to each other in my rankings. I've got John Brown out of that group. I love Josh Doxon the rest of the year, even though he had a stinker of a game. Um, but against Seattle, he's not startable. Corey Davis. I'd feel fine starting this week. The other guys I'm not excited about. That's fair. Okay, well, let's move on to quarterback. My start of the week, Jameis Winston against New Orleans. Like, I know he was bad last week in in a tropical storm, but he's going against New Orleans this week. They don't have much of a secondary, and he's Jameis Winston. I think he's good, so he's my start. Who do you have, Dan? For me, I'm going with Cousins. Uh, You know, I don't love him or anything. Uh, Their offensive line is completely beat up. It's a tough place to play, but I I don't really love the guys around him. I I don't love Winston. Mariota has a tough matchup. Matt Ryan, you know, in Carolina, tough matchup. So for me, Cousins is a guy who I think bounces back a little bit here, and he'll do enough to sort of warrant being in the QB1 range. There's just not a ton of analysis to give about the quarterbacks. Like, it's pretty straightforward who the top 12, 13 guys are. You know what I mean? Tags, who's your start? Uh, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I, I, one of my, one of my bold predictions I had down was that he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. And I don't even think it's all that bold. Agree. The Giants, even with, Jan- even with Janoris Jenkins, five of the seven games they played this year, they've allowed QB one performances. Uh, the only ones who didn't were, uh, Matt Stafford, who finishes the QB 17 and Carson Wentz, who's a divisional opponent. Division games are typically closer. It's a little bit rougher. Um, but knowing they're not going to have a Janoris Jenkins out there, knowing that Cooper cup Eh, he's he's going to match up with uh, Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, but Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins should be able to have big games. And on top of that, they should be able to utilize the tight end position. This bye week should have allowed them to figure out some things with the offense that they could change. Sean McVay is a young coach. He's willing to adapt. The Giants have been awful against tight ends this year. Like, awful. They've allowed six tight ends to finish as high, uh, top seven. <laughs> it's incredible. Keep in mind, they've... They, they, They've only played seven games, guys. Like so, uh, Gerald Everett is doesn't play very many snaps. But Tyler, Tyler Higby, Higby, Higby is like he's like one of the like deep sleepers this week at tight end. Yep. But I, I like Jared Goff this week. Yeah, I, I was gonna go Jared Goff, but I'm just so annoyed with everyone thinking Jameis Winston's garbage. He's good, man. He is. He's got a lot to learn, though. A lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. And then he does I won't have mention my sit. I won't mention my sit of the week, then, Bobby. Oh, bring it, man. Let's hear it. 
It happens to be Damage Wednesday. That's the point. Is there like, gonna is there gonna be another tropical storm? Did I miss that? <laughs> hey, uh, is he awesome <laughs> outside of tropical storms? Is that sort of what we've decided at this point? I mean, you know, it's like wow, look, not, that's that you should have a big plague over your bed saying start Damage Wednesday absent tropical storm. So no, look, the Saint, uh, we talked about the Saints defense. They're very tough. They've allowed just nine touchdowns. Um, and they're tied for fifth in the league with nine interceptions. And really, Winston, he's not even fully healthy, right? He hurt himself, frankly, before the game. And then apparently he aggravated the shoulder injury during the game. So I think he's banged up. I think he'll play, but he's not at 100%. Tough matchup. So for me, he's a set. Dan, a better stat that you can give on this one is that uh, since the start of week three, so after the first two weeks, since the start of week three, the Saints have only allowed three passing touchdowns. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Are you serious? I swear. And it's it was all in one game to Matt Stafford. <laughs> um, that was the game that, remember the defensive struggles back and forth, back and forth. Oh, that was right. that game. Um, outside, of, outside of that game, since week three, they haven't allowed a single pass. I will touchdown. one-up you. Since week three, when Jameis Winston was healthy, outside of tropical storms, <laughs> at Minnesota, 328 it yards, three, two touchdowns. Uh, against the New York Jets, 332. Patriots, 334. Bills, 384. He's getting it done, man. 320 plus yards every single game. Well, Cam Newton wasn't great, but at least he did throw a touchdown in the same tropical storm that limited Jameis Winston to being probably yeah, the worst QB I was going to say, <laughs> let's not pretend that it was that bad. And if you go back to last year against Carol, uh, um, against New Orleans, Jameis Winston, um, he threw for 184 yards, no touchdowns, and 277 yards, two touchdowns, two picks in their second game. I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the side with Dan here. It's like Jameis Winston, until he shows me he's healthy and that he's playing well, I don't know. I just... I would I'd rather play someone like Tyrod Taylor than Jameis Winston. Okay. And Dan, how high do you have Carson Wentz ranked this week? He's number six ECR. Uh I think I have him around there. My computer is being all wonky right now, but I think I yeah, have you're, you're wrong about that one too. He's my sit of the week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, they're all still better than Wentz, in my opinion, and they all have easier matchups. Wentz is number six against Denver this week, guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's ranked at number six. I wouldn't put him at number six. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I think I have more faith in him. Uh, you know, I, I they're okay. awesome. But I mean, look, you saw as good as they were in the in the second half on Monday night. Like, you know, for the most part, Alex Smith still was able to to move the ball and stuff like that. Wentz is just playing so lights out right now. You know, I'm I'm not sitting him in any matchup at this point. Maybe Jacksonville, but that's it. A, a really good offensive line can really help a quarterback. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is bad or even mediocre. He's pretty good, but I just think. He's not as good as Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, and that the matchup is just terrible. Are you worried about the pass rush, Dan? Like, are you worried about, like the pass rush getting t- to Wentz? Yeah, week? of course. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying like I, I don't know him as my number one quarterback or anything like that, but for me, you know, I, I moved him. He'd probably be in a normal matchup. I think I probably have him maybe fifth quarterback rest of season. Like, I do like the guy, so okay. I dropped him a little bit. And again, I'm, I'm really my computer has frozen, so I cannot tell you. I may have him seventh or something like that. But for me, no, do you have that much faith in Marcus Mariota again? Baltimore, you know what I mean. We no, still haven't seen him run. No. Do you have faith in Matt Ryan on the road at Carolina? I don't. You know, you you have question marks about all these guys. I'd rather bet on the you right. You know, no. okay, yeah. I mean, here's the good news for Philly fans is that even if he's getting all this pressure, Carson Wentz is not going to make big mistakes. He's going to help them win this game because he's going to play smart. I just don't think he's going to have a big fantasy game. That's all. That's fair. Tags, who's your sit of the week? My sit of the week uh, is Andy Dalton, guys. Like Andy Dalton, you, you don't big play time. Yeah. Like I know I said it earlier, but Jacksonville is just ridiculous. They have yet to allow a quarterback to throw more than one touchdown against them. They've yet to allow a quarterback more than thirteen fantasy points. This offensive line against Jacksonville, he's going to get swallowed. Like he, like Andy Dalton may he may be like Stranger Things <laughs> out of the game. Like they may actually swallow his body. The Bengals might be glad that they didn't trade AJ McCarron. Yeah, that's that's very <laughs> possible. <laughs> How odd would that be if A.J. McCarron had to make an appearance this week? That would be kind of funny. And he wins them a Super Bowl. I don't think they're even in the playoffs, but I, I've got Andy Dalton below Blake Bortles this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, Me that's too. fair enough. Yeah, again, J- Jacksonville has yet to allow a quarterback to finish in the top 18 in any one week. Like, that's 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 pretty legit. Over under 0.5 touchdowns for Andy Dalton this week. I'll say over. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i give him I'll one. I'll go under. Okay. Yeah, me too. I'm going under. I'm going at least negative. At least negative. Yeah, negative one. Negative one is the right <laughs> At least eight sacks, too. I mean, ja- Jacksonville is on pace to break the record, and then they added Darius. I, well, I think that, well, he's better against the run, which should help their run defense. But um, so the thing with, with me, I would say the better over-under would be the sacks. How many times is Andy Dalton sacked? Over-under at, uh, what if we put it at? 6.5. You think that high? I'd put it at four and a half. I really think that. Against Cincinnati's offensive line, I, then I'm taking the over. 
What about you, Dan? Would you say over? Would you think he's going to get sacked five or more times? Mm, yeah, I do. I really do. I do not think that things are going <laughs> to end well in this game for Andy Dalton or the Bengals, personally. Nice. Yeah, maybe they'll just kneel down and hope Blake Bortles throws a bunch of pick sixes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on over to tight end. I think Austin Hooper is just a must start every week. Not a must start every week, but I think we can start him every week. I mean, I know we laid the egg two weeks ago, but Travis Kelsey laid an egg earlier this season. It happens. Hooper's good. He's going to get targets. He's going to get in the end zone. He has a good matchup. I think it all makes sense. Who's your guy, Dan? Uh, look, I, you know, it, I have very little difference between my rankings and in tight end and the expert consensus ranking. So I'm reaching a little bit, but it would be Nick O'Leary. Me too. Nick O'Leary would be my guy. I mean, the Jets, have he obviously didn't get very much involved, but the Jets have allowed six touchdowns to opposing tight ends. They give up the eighth most fantasy points. I still don't think Kelvin Benjamin's going to be playing uh, yet in this game. So I, I my just kind of a gut feeling here that I like Nick O'Leary a little bit more than the expert consensus ranking. So I think he'll have a, a decent game. Tags your guy? Mine's Zach Ertz. I'm totally kidding. I can't say that. <laughs> um, I, was, I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's a good one. Good. I like him, uh, <laughs> no, Jack Doyle is my start of the week. Um, yeah. it's, okay. hard, it's hard to sit him. So at the tight end position, what you want to do is follow targets, targets, targets. And over the last three weeks, he saw 14 targets, seven targets, 11 targets. That's quite ridiculous. And considering the matchup this week, it's... He had 12 receptions last week, man. That's the thing is people don't understand that. Like, it's just... It's nuts, like, the numbers he put up. And I actually had a question on Sunday about, like, why are people high on uh, Jack Doyle? And I was just like... And the guy was, you could tell he was kind of peeved that experts would rank him as high as they did. And I was like, and I explained everything to him and why Jack Doyle was considered a, a semi-decent start. And as it turns out, it was much better than I expected. Uh, but this week against Houston, Houston, man, they've allowed three tight ends to score more than 15 points this season. They're really strong. Yep. They're really struggling um, to stop anybody right now without J.J. Watt uh, merciless. They just lost another member of their front seven. On top of that, this is a game where you know Houston's going to score tons of points, and there's going to be a lot of throwing for Indianapolis, and which that's another reason why I think Jacoby Brissett is a he's a sneaky start this week. If you're like bottom of the barrel, you're just like you're so stuck at quarterback. Brissett could be an interesting one for you. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I do like that. Uh, like Dan said, I don't really have that much of a difference between ECR and me. I moved Austin Hooper up three spots, so I'll just let you move on, Tags. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to get my sit of the week at tight end? Yeah, yeah, sorry. All right, Travis Kelsey. I'm, I'm, I'm half joking, uh, but, but seriously, uh, if, you're, if, you, like, if you're playing DFS, I'm not saying you're going to sit Travis Kelsey because you're not going to sit Travis ever. You don't ever sit Travis Kelsey. But I feel the need to mention to you that Dallas has been one of the best teams in the NFL at tight end, uh, covering the tight end. Uh, Sean Lee is back. He's healthy. They have yet to allow a tight end to finish as a top 12 performer on the week. Um, wow. Again, it's just I'm not wow. saying this, this is more for like the DFS crowd that's that listens to the show. Like if you're trying to figure out what tight ends are going to have massive weeks, which ones are going to are going to disappoint. I think Travis Kelsey's in and for a kind of a disappointing game where it's like you should rather play Jimmy Graham or Zach Ertz instead of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, that's fair. For me, and again, I know, Bobby, you had him as your start. It, it's Hooper again, but it's not it's not a strong feeling at all. I have him like a spot okay. or two less. And and frankly, this is just I just I, I don't know whether or not we can rely on it. The last time we got really excited about Hooper and it was ready to go was yeah, in New England, England, right, where he got yeah. one target and one catch. <sighs> so that's it. I know. Exactly. So and Panthers are pretty tough on opposing tight ends. They have allowed four touchdowns. So it's certainly possible he'll be fine. But for me, I have him slightly less than UCR. So he'd be my quote unquote sit of the week. All right, guys, let's close this out with one bold prediction each. And mine is the most bold. So I'm going to go last. <laughs> Who has the uh, the least bold one? Oh, uh, it's probably Dan. Uh, Dan look, okay. I had two pretty bold ones, but uh, ready to go. Let's hear them both, man. Just, both? just list right. them both off. I'll Let's be, do it. I'll be very quick. The first one is that Kenyon Drake finishes as a top 10 back this week. I mean, I, I, I think that's pretty bold, but maybe not. Because, yeah. again, I do think, quite frankly, he's going to get the goal line work. He could score, you know, multiple touchdowns. But the other one's really bold. I went Bobby Sylvester bold for this one. It, Russell Shepard. <laughs> now, we talked about what happened with the trade of... Of Calvin Benjamin, long-term Curtis Samuel, right? But for this week, Russell Shepard, top 24 wide receiver. I think that wow. for right now, someone has to fill the void. And Curtis Samuel is the long-term guy, and he's going to get involved and stuff like that. But for this week, I just think it's going to be a Shepard game. He's going to have the most immediate impact. They're still in the mix for the playoffs. It's not time to go developmental yet. I think Shepard, obviously, I don't have him ranked as a top 24 wide receiver. Don't tweet at me. 
you know, on, on Twitter yelling, you know, but as a bold prediction. <laughs> hey, where I, can they find you on Twitter so they can tweet at you? Uh, at Dan Harris 80. Please don't ever mention this again. <laughs> um, yes, but I, I, for me, my bold prediction is Shepard is the top 24 wide receiver this week. So that's pretty bold. That's Sylvester bold. Yeah, that's definitely bold. Yeah. Uh, mine, uh, my bold prediction is that CJ Anderson finishes outside the top 40 running backs this week, but that Devontae Booker finishes inside the top 24. Wow. Like taking over the job or because he gets in the end zone? Uh, no, because the matchup that it calls for a, a lot of receiving. And ever since Devontae Booker was activated, well, that, I take it back. The, the the one game, the first game he was activated, he didn't really do much. But since then, he's been the primary receiving back. Jamal Charles has been losing snaps. They really just don't. It seems like they don't want C.J. Anderson to have the job. Like, for whatever reason, he was running so great right. to start the year. And it's yep. just uh, this matchup against Philly. They, they're, they're going to stop the run. So C.J. Anderson, they're going to bring him to a halt really quick. And knowing that they want to get Booker involved, they're like Brock Osweiler tends to check it down a lot more than any other quarterback in the league. Uh, he favors his tight ends, which is why A.J. Derby is actually a, a really odd off-the-wall streamer this week. Um, but Devontae Booker, I do think that he's a sneaky play, especially in PPR formats. By the way, you guys can uh, can tweet at Mike Taglier NFL if you want to tweet him about that one. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro. You can send me your thanks for this one. Now, I'm going to warn you, if you're <laughs> drinking something, put your drink down so you don't spit it out. But I, I honestly believe this is going to happen. Uh, or at least has a good shot of happening. Alvin Kamara is going to lead the Saints in carries this week. <laughs> Mark Ingram has been awesome since they traded AP. Kamara's been even better. And here's the biggest part. He didn't fumble twice in the fourth quarter of a losable game like Mark Ingram did this last week. I think... Kamara is about to take over this job because he's just the better running back. I don't think he's going to take the job, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think this is a bad bold take, though. Um, you know, Mark Ingram was on the sideline. Him, He was getting into it with Sean Payton again last, at the end of the last game. And if you recall, last year, they did punish him for fumbling like he yep. did. And he fumbled twice this past week. He fumbled uh, another time. It was two weeks ago. And he lost another. He, there was another fumble that he had against, I want to say, the Bears. But he didn't lose the ball. I can't remember what it was. There was another fumble in there somewhere that he didn't. They didn't actually lose, um, and it was just kind of like hushed on the field. Like it was. Yeah. It didn't really get away from him, but it bounced. It, it, it was something. So knowing Sean Payton hates fumbles and that he's arguing with Mark Ingram on the sideline, Mark Ingram came out after the game and said, I let down my teammates. You know, I can't do that, blah, blah, blah. He's saying the right things, but I don't think this is necessarily a bad take, though, Bobby. Yeah, and I I'm think, glad to hear that, man. I think Payton actually had comments either today or yesterday, which were, you know, pretty harsh on Ingram. You know what I mean? So I don't think the apology just cured all the ills. He hates fumbles and he definitely was sort of feeling it even now a few days later so it's it's a good it's a good hot take thanks man yeah i'm not saying ingram's not startable i mean he's still a top 10 running back but i think camara might be too this week yeah i mean camara we you know bobby we were talking on twitter with somebody about how high tags and i have camara ranked for the rest of the season you know what i mean i do yep, i think yeah. he's a legitimate you know he's a he's a you know high-end rb2 certainly going forward so yep. i feel good about him yeah, yeah. i am his nine, number nine running back this week right now all right guys well that's all for uh for today's show and dan we really appreciate you coming on man Always my pleasure. And for those of you listening at home, remember to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Send us a screenshot to contest at fantasypros.com so you can get your hands on that $100 Fathead gift card. We're going to do a drawing and pick out one of the reviews and send you guys the $100 Fathead gift card. Also, we've got the promo code for you guys for 10% off at fathead.com. It's fantasypros, all one word. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, SeatGeek.com, where you can get $20 off your first ticket purchase if you use the promo code fantasypros. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.